Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, welcome to IntelliCast. This is Season 6, Episode 4, and this episode brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. Thanks for listening. Joining me today is Brian Peterson. Hello, Brian. Hello, how are you? Doing great. Today's a big day. Yeah, it is. The Green Book Future um, list was announced today, and for 2023, um, just a few minutes ago, so this is like breaking news. Yep. And one of us is on it. One of us is on it. And it's you, and I'm so happy for you. I am, yes. I got the email Friday afternoon. First, I thought it was honestly a bit of – I thought it was a spam email, to be honest. I had to read it a couple times. like, is this real? I had to think back because I completely forgot that I had filled out – like I was nominated, and they sent me the application to fill out. I forgot about it because it was back in November. Yeah. So – I like it because it honors researchers, data scientists, marketers, brand managers, insights entrepreneurs. So it's really broad, which is great. We're not just nominating the person that speaks at every conference and everybody knows. Um, it's a lot of people you do know and some people you don't know. They're doing amazing things. So um, we know a lot of the people on here. We've had a couple podcast guests that are on it. Um, Angelica Jump on our team, amazing, is nominated, made um, one of the finalists. Yep, she's a um, two-time finalist. So. Two-time finalist. It's just an amazing, really good list. And what is it? 267 nominations, 75 finalists, 20 honorees. So congratulations. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Friday afternoon was a bit of a surprise getting that. Because I mess. I honestly, you were the first person I told. Oh, yeah? Yeah, nice. you, I told you before I told my wife. Oh, wow. And since she doesn't listen to this, she'll never know that. So, you know, thank you to Green Book. Yes, um, thank you. Always nice to be acknowledged. And, you know, we know a lot of the judging panel, Greg Archibald, Jim in Brazil, Lisa Cortade, um, Lucas, Annie Pettit, Super Susan. Yeah, yep. there's a lot of uh, people that are aware of us and you. And so um, I guess that helps when people know that you're doing cool, cool stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I, congratulations. Thank you very much. And congratulations to everyone else who was on the list. Yeah, well. yeah, lots of awesome names on the list, so that's great. Yeah, um, one other thing we should probably cover, which I think I feel is equally important, is our poll about our intro music. Oh yeah, that's important. So Emma put this out on our social channels. I am looking at just the LinkedIn results, not necessarily the Twitter results too. Yeah, but we had the we had when doves cry because you and I talked, and we had a suggestion from listeners about Prince. They yeah. didn't specify a song, and I went back to catalog and found a few. I like that opening 10, 12 seconds of When Doves Cry. That yeah. was mine. You had anything, Prince. Emma suggested Taylor Swift, and then there was yeah. others. Unfortunately, some of this is not – it's not looking good. It's not looking good. Well, this is just getting people's opinions. I mean yeah. we know who's going to select. Yeah. It's going to be you and I. 
that that is true because I did say on the last podcast if Taylor Swift was picked, I am I I will hold my veto right to this. Exactly, and no offense to assistant associate producer Emma, who we love. No, <laughs> she's getting all our friends and family to vote. It is. It's. I. I did see her votes, and it's. She put it up there, and it's her. It is her friends and stuff. Like <laughs> some people internally as well. I mean, Angelica actually put a comment on there that I'm not going to like this, and she is correct. Yeah. Keep in mind, it's not like I don't like Taylor Swift. I. Yeah. I probably listen to it a lot more than anyone would think. I have yeah. an eight-year-old daughter right up her oh, alley. Sure. Yeah. But I don't need to hear that every time we're editing a podcast. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, so we'll, we'll pick a new song here soon, I guess. Um, in the comments, though, what I did see, someone did suggest Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. Yeah, that's good. I, I, that's a pretty strong suggestion, I'll say. Yeah, I like off the board ones. Yeah, so that might come. That might come in as a yeah finalist. A finalist there, yeah. Oh. So if you haven't voted, please go out vote. Please yeah, we'll vote keep it open for a little bit longer. Yep. I want to go through some conferences. Yes, we. You are you are traveling this week for one. Yeah, the Pharma Market Research Conference. Um, I'll be there this week, speaking with our friends at Brand Trust about mental health. I wouldn't even talk about this. We need to have them on the podcast soon to talk about this. We partnered with Brand Trust on um, a study and they've been amazing if you don't know brand trust they um known for more of a qualitative research but we work with them primarily on online qual quant it's called narrative inquiry where you kind of get deep understanding of people and um, they they do um typically those interviews are in person but we're doing it online and it's really cool we got some really cool research on mental health and um we're presenting those results at this this conference. We're also going to present them at course in Chicago. So more to come on that. We'll have them on. We'll talk more in detail about the findings and cool stuff. But yeah, this is uh, February eighth and ninth in Newark, New Jersey. That's where I'll be. Yep. Have you checked? Have you checked the weather? I mean, I mean, there was no. a bit of a cold spell this past weekend up there. So no, uh, I've not. So we'll be there. Um, I know Quirks LA is February twenty second, twenty third. We won't be there, but I wanted to point out that Quirks since we'll be at the other one, uh, SampleCon, March 6th through 8th in Pasadena, California, um, Fall 360s, March 8th and 9th in Washington, D.C., um, and then, let's see, what am I missing? Cork, Chicago? Cork, Chicago, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure when that is. End of March? End of March, I think 27th, 28th. Okay. And then the Inside Association Annual Conference is April 24th-ish in Helton Head, South Carolina. The B2B Marketing Expo. March 21st and 22nd out in LA. That's right. We'll be there. We'll be presenting there as well. Um, so you'll see us on stage a lot this year, I think. I hope. We're doing are, they're going to get sick of us on stage. Yeah. Well, you're, on a, you're not on the future list for no reason. I know. Um, so um, lots of, this is starting conference season. Like starting here pretty soon is when conferences really get going. And then our fall conference for our Inside Association chapter is in September in Minneapolis. And we'll be, I'll be taking a tour of Paisley Park. I'm not sure if anybody else will, but I will. I know you and I have actually talked about this, that you are going to, I suggested you make it the actual trip. And you're like, no, I'm doing this before the conference. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get to our guests. Guests are Dennis Devlin and Jeff Jones. And um, they wrote a book called Three Wise Monkeys, How a Culture of Clarity Creates Transformative Success. And um, I really like this interview. We recorded just 
yeah, well, the last day we worked Friday. And Dennis has been around. I've known him for quite a while. And he's a, we undersold him in the intro, but um, he started this company, I don't know, 15 years ago or so. It's called Clarity Research and Strategy. And I've known him for a long time, like I said. And he has really, you know, really been involved in the AMA. He's won so many awards with the AMA. And he's just a giving, a genuine person and humble, as you'll hear on the podcast, on the interview. But um, really good guy. But he is the CEO of Clarity Research and Strategy. And Jeff Jones, he has a really cool title, I think, but I can't remember it offhand. Um, Is it Product Innovator, I think? Sounds right. Um, Chief Insights and Innovation Officer. And this book is about uh, how to improve your culture and to really make better decisions and get clarity on those decisions. And I bought it. I was supposed to come yesterday. It was delayed. I'm not happy about it. But I bought two books. And you can buy this on Amazon. It's the second book that they've written together, which I think is funny. They started writing this like during the pandemic. I got addicted to marble racing during the pandemic. They've written two books together. (laughs) Some people are a little more productive. Yeah, so they're very productive, and I can't recommend it enough. It's uh, not that expensive. It's well worth it if you want to check out Amazon. Um, anything you want to add to this? I don't think so. I think you got it. All right, with no further ado, this is Dennis and Jeff, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Joining me now, I am so excited to have uh, Dennis Devlin and Jeff Jones. They both work at Clarity Research and Strategy. Um, Dennis is the CEO, and Jeff is the Chief Insights and Innovation Officer. Gentlemen, hello. How are you? Doing well. Thank you, Brian. Doing very well. Glad to be here. Thank you for having us. It's good to see um, both of you on screen, at least. Um, haven't seen you all in a long time. Um, we joked before that Dennis said he made a joke that the, the only thing separating us is the pandemic, pandemic and that's very true. Um, known Dennis at least for a very long time, and um, at one point we were probably friends. We just haven't, I'm not a good friend and I haven't talked to you in a long time. So that's my fault. That's a separate podcast though. That's a, a Brian podcast. Um, but you two, I'm so glad to have you all on because um, you two have done something that I've always wanted to do. And that's uh, written a book. It's called Three Wise Monkeys, How a Culture of Clarity Creates Transformation Success. Um, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, quite a bit about the reason you wrote the book and what it's about. Um, but first, I'd love to maybe tell our listeners a little bit of your background, and maybe we'll go. Uh, Dennis, you want to go first with your background? Sure. Um, I've spent a, my whole career in research and strategy work. I've always worked on sort of the uh, vendor, supplier, partner, etc. side of the equation. Um, been worked worked obviously with some of the biggest brands in the in the world and have enjoyed it immensely. Um, and started I started Clarity back in two thousand nine, so we're in year. Hard, hard to believe it's been that long, but that's crazy. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, when you yeah, thank you. When I think when I think about all the statistics and what small percentage of businesses last five years, ten years. You know, to say that we're in our 14th year, um, you got to feel good about that, you know, uh, just from a survival standpoint. It makes um, me feel old because I remember when you started it. So it makes me age my <laughs> Yeah, see, then we have known each other a while. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but it's been, um, it's, been a, it's been a fun ride. I mean, I'm doing what I've, you know, always 
I've always enjoyed doing it. It's um, just a, you know, sort of that next process uh, after, you know, being an employee for, for years for other, you know, doing research and strategy work for other, other people, essentially, right. We're working as an employee to then have an opportunity to do it um, on my own. It, it's very freeing um, to be able to decide who you want to work with and who you don't and that sort of thing. So um, yeah. You're you're braver than I am, Dennis. I've always considered doing that. I would be so scared about taking a day off or a minute off. I would expect that's challenging just to, well, you're in year 14, so this is a little bit, you've been doing this for a while, but I would expect in the early years especially was a little stressful. Well, I think that the biggest challenge or one of the biggest challenges is you, when you start a business and you haven't, you know, you haven't done it before, um, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. that is um that can be a little unsettling at the same time and um what you typically have to do i think in order to to get through that is connect with those who know things that you don't know <laughs> um and and recognize what your strengths are and areas where you really do need someone else to help you whether that's coaching or uh, a particular uh, area you know say finances for the business you know have some people that are uh, experts in those in those uh, fields uh, to help you help move the business along uh, while you're working on the work so uh, that's what I did I tried to connect with uh, connect with the right kinds of people that would would help uh, support the business well it's very humbling and one of those people is uh, Mr. Jeff Jones hello sir I'd love to hear about your background Hello. Well, I've been in some form of marketing, but this is no surprise. Uh, I've been in some form of marketing for for 20 or almost 30 years, but uh, this is no surprise. While Dennis was very focused and was always in research, I was all over the place. So uh, I started out working primarily in uh, developing digital assets for uh, marketing way back in the early days where... uh, where uh, literally I built a website for my resume and and got multiple offers from agencies because no one had ever done, they'd never seen that before. Uh, So I started a lot in technology. I I worked for several different agencies. uh, And then probably the most momentous uh, event in my entire career was uh, I was working for an agency called Curiosity uh, in Cincinnati. And uh, we uh, got a a RFP from Disney asking if we... uh, would like to respond to an RFP for research. And we said, nah, why not? Uh, I really, it's kind of lucky that I didn't have anything to do at that particular moment. And I came up with a methodology and an approach and sent it back to them thinking there's no way we'll ever get this response because we're not a research company. And lo and behold, two weeks later, Disney called us and says, you've got it. We want to start in two weeks. And so oh, wow. I had to pull together a research division in just a few weeks. And uh, I learned a lot. And luckily, I hired people that knew way more than I know about research. My job was primarily to, to direct them and to, to uh, help them. And our very first client was Disney. Our second client was P&G. Our third client was Fifth Third. And so uh, things really took off. I've heard up. of a couple of those brands. Yeah, I... I it, the funny thing is, it, it was that I didn't realize how hard it is to get clients like that. So I just went out and got them. You know, I was like the bee who shouldn't be able to fly, but somehow still flew. You had a rational confidence. That's good sometimes. 
Yeah, it is. Actually, I think the number one thing that made us successful was I had no idea you were supposed to fail at this. So I didn't know what what I was doing. And, and we did some really great work. We worked with uh, Disney for five years. We worked with uh, other clients. It, it, it kept growing. Um, and eventually, uh, I was at the point in my life that I said, it's time for me to split off and go on my own. And and I, I started doing uh, consulting and started working with Kellogg's, uh, helping them with some uh, global research. And through a series of fortunate events, uh, I ended up reconnecting with Dennis. We'd worked together on some projects before, and I'd forgotten how much I enjoyed working with this guy, a, a humble, honest guy that really knows what he's doing. And and I said, man, we, we need to do this more. And just kind of slowly, very organically, we began to work together on concepts. And uh, and I think when we first started meeting, uh, uh, I think at the beginning, it was once a week, maybe twice a week. When we first started meeting, I wasn't even quite sure why we were meeting. We were just talking about research and talking about our lives. And next thing we knew, it's like, hey, we've got a, a real idea here. Let's write a book together. And and let's lay out these ideas because we think the same way and we have the same passions. And uh, that's how I came, became involved with Clarity. And I'm very proud to be a part of the organization. So so that's really how the book kind of came to happen was you all were just talking and realized you were similar. Dennis, go ahead. Well, uh, the book that we're going to focus on, I think, most of our discussion is really our second book. Um, okay. First book is called Overcoming the Innovation Killers. Um, it's a book um, that... Uh, speaks to research that really can help uh, address issues that typically hinder uh, successful product innovation. And it was really uh, written um, because we were, we were, we started by putting together like a, a sales uh, pitch deck. Yeah, that's right. Uh, as how we started, and we were going to look to try to work with some innovation teams at uh, consumer product manufacturers in particular. So it was very, it was very niche focused. Um, but we started, like I so said, we started with working on a pitch deck and um, we got to a certain point and we uh, realized that this could be a book. And um, we kind of switched gears because we wanted to utilize the book as, um, as sort of a sales tool, right? In terms of generating awareness and exposure to the business and how we might be able to help. Uh, that's how how we started in terms of the book writing. Uh, uh, we went through that process uh, for a number of months, and and then put that book out in 2021. Uh, yes, 2021. I had to think about that for a minute. Yeah, uh, the pandemic really has me still off uh, on my timing. But yeah, 2021. I think it was in the spring, and then um, coming out of that. We had such a, a very productive effort working together on that book that um, I had this other idea. Um, and it's really an idea that uh, I'd had for years uh, in a very in a, in a general sense. Um, it was really the reason why uh, what drives me in terms of research, um, and that is really elevating the importance of insights in organizations. That's really, if we really get down to fundamentally what the, the Three Wise Monkeys book is about, is about elevating the importance of insights. My feeling, um, and I think Jeff shares this feeling, is that insights are not, they don't get as much love in organizations as they should. Um, and our whole premise of the book is based on, on the idea that clarity, 
through insights can have transformative financial benefits to an organization in terms of growth of revenue, growth of market share, and, and growth of profit margin. It has that kind of impact if you go so far as to build a culture of clarity in your organization. And so that's what the premise of the book is about. But fundamentally, it's about elevating the importance of insights in organizations. Yeah. And I would add to that, that uh, my background being in in marketing and then moving uh, a decade ago into research, a lot of the things that Dennis was talking about when when he first started talking about this idea of not having a culture of clarity. I saw that again and again on the marketing side that uh, how, um, I wouldn't say it's rare, but how often, let's say just pretty often when you're talking about a strategy, a marketing strategy, or, or even a marketing tactic, the first question wasn't, well, let's talk about what the consumer thinks, how they think. And, uh, and that was that lack of culture that uh, often insights were seen as almost an inconvenience to the creative process instead of the thing that helps you focus and target, uh, aim the creative process. And so it'd be like you'd write, have a research brief and you'd find out that often uh, those putting together the messaging uh, weren't really referring to the research and trying to understand how the consumer thinks. And and so it resonated with me immediately when Dennis started talking about his idea, because he was really the driving force behind this book. And uh, I really, I was like, this is a great idea and so desperately needed uh, within the marketing world. So this is more of, uh, who's the audience for this book? Is it any stakeholder within a company, any decision maker within a a company? Is that how you describe it? Well, I mean, I think it would start with the fact that, um, you know, if we compare it to the the first book, which was very focused, as I mentioned before, very niche oriented, and it was really focused on leaders, um, uh, innovation leaders at consumer product manufacturers, this uh, Three Wise Monkeys book is much broader in terms of appeal. And it's intentionally that way, right? I think it can speak to marketers, researchers. I think it can also speak to business owners and maybe more medium-sized firms. But I think, like I said, I think it has much broader appeal. I think if people, um, what we want them to get out of it is recognizing true value of insights. The true, and of course, by by virtue of uh, sort of yeah, the buy, you know, uh, insights of the byproduct of of uh, putting importance on research, um, and and uh, like I said, elevating that in the in the company or organization as well. But yeah, I think it has much broader appeal, um, and I think people can relate to it and recognize you know the concepts that we put forth in the in the book. Yeah, one of the things we hit on is, is this phrase that we use a lot. Uh, which is um, that what clarity really does, what our organization really does is we convert curiosity into clarity. That is the most boiled down way of saying what we do and what our goal in life is, converting curiosity, which presupposes that an organization is driven by questions. If you don't have questions, you've become complacent. But if you have questions, if you're curious, the key is to convert those into clarity and then I would say that we haven't really talked about this much, but it really is then on them to convert that clarity into action. Yep. Well, first of all, I'm buying this today on Amazon. I um, with someone that has insights in their job title. This seems like a great book for someone like myself. And Brian and I will maybe start a little book club with it. Um, this is great. Yeah. 
Um, so there's a part of the book that talks about the clarity cultural cycle. Yeah. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, absolutely. I'll jump in on that one. It was really an attempt to put together kind of a visualization of what is really the, the nub, what is the core of this book and the concepts behind the book, really the core of what, how we think as we do our work. And so we put together this uh, this three arrows going around in a circle, and we try to describe it for people who can't see it. If you, if in editing you can put it up, feel free to do that. But uh, um, it's it's a circular uh, aspect, and it starts with uh, customer clarity. It's all about having clarity, and so customer clarity is driven by curiosity, which which has an impact on the business. It then moves to um, Actually, I, I misspoke. I said it starts. I shouldn't even say that because there is no starting point. It's a circle. And so for convenience, we're starting with the customer. Then it moves on to uh, competition clarity and understanding the competition. And that's really being driven by discovery. You want to discover your 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 competitive landscape. And then third, and, and maybe even surprising, the third one is understanding and having clarity about your company or your brand. And there's three aspects to this that we think are really important in the way that this chart is laid out. Number one, it is uh, it is a circle. And so it is, uh, it's not a straight line. And too often, insight work is thought of as an, a distinct project that you do. And when you're done with it, you're done with it. And we're taking issue with that. We're saying every single insight project to lead, should lead to more questions, which lead to more insight work, which lead to greater understanding. And so it, it moves around in a circle. So it is iterative. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's iterative and it's recursive. I don't have to have all the answers today. I just have to know more today than I knew yesterday and more tomorrow than I know today. And then I'm on the path to that transformative success. The second thing is, uh, because it's a circle, you can enter at any point. And because you can enter at any point, you have to understand, and we have an assessment that accomplishes this, you have to understand where is your highest level or highest lack of clarity? Is it about the customer? Do you have that nailed? Is it about the competition? Or often, is it about the brand itself? You don't fully understand what resonates with, with uh, the customer about your brand. And then the third thing is, I'll pick this up from, from wedding ceremonies, because it's a perfect circle without beginning or end, it is infinite. So you should never stop listening. It amazes me that we'll talk all the time, marketing. The customer is talking all the time, social media. But we're not listening all the time. Listening is just something we do when we have some extra money. And uh, that is a mistake. We should be listening as much as we're talking. Why is there an agency of record, but there isn't a researcher of record? That's kind of crazy if you think about it. Absolutely. Yeah. If customers telling you, especially in this world with social media, the customers clearly telling you what they want, what they desire, what motivates them and what they fear. But we're not listening. So that was a really good explanation. I love the infinite circle entering, exiting at different points and different focus. Um, that was great. Dennis, do you have anything to add to that or let me move uh, on? Uh, Jeff made a little bit of a reference to this. Uh, we, we did build an assessment uh, based off the concepts in the book that helps to identify for businesses, for different companies, where their biggest gaps are in that cycle um, in order to provide some direction of where to start. Some companies have problems in all three. Some uh, have all three pretty well covered. I mean, you, you, um, we have ex you know examples we talk about in the book about um, certain aspects of having a culture of clarity. 
and being clear in one of those three areas. But you know, there is there is a way to determine where you can start. It's going to depend on that business and where their gaps are. Very good. Um, so both of you have been researchers and consultants for quite a while. Um, while this book is new, their philosophy is not new. Curious what companies maybe utilize or have leveraged this way of thinking. Do you have any examples of like success stories? Yeah, Jeff has a really good example to speak to uh, the Dollar Shave Club. Yeah. I, are you familiar with the company Dollar Shave Club? Yes. Okay. Uh, I was a huge fan before we actually worked for them. I, I was a member. I was a very early member because I saw it as a great opportunity. It's the ability to buy your razors on a subscription basis, and they're much less expensive. And you don't have to remember how many times you shave because you get them on a regular cadence. And it, it's really a great company. Uh, a a, a former P&G person became the CMO and realized that they weren't really operating, and, and many startups are this way, they weren't really operating completely driven on insights. And I met with them out in California and uh, laid out this idea of the, the same concept, recursive research that takes in, into effect the whole dynamic of, of what the business is about, the customer as well as the, the competition and, and the uh, brand itself. And what we did with them is um, we were delivered. So from the very beginning, we had a contract with them to deliver a full spectrum research report every six weeks, delivered online. Uh, every six weeks that included a social media look, a, a, uh, a qualitative and a quantitative and grabbing assets, everything on video or audio so that they would all have access to it. And uh they asked that we would deliver it. Matter of fact, one of the first things that, that the CMO said is, if I see a PowerPoint deck, I will fire you. I don't know how you're going to deliver this to us, but I don't want any blanking PowerPoint decks. And I was happy because we had already thought about that and, and had an approach. And so we were literally delivering it every six weeks on a, a, a uh, kind of an intranet that we had developed for them. It had to be highly actionable because they were doing something very interesting I've never seen a company do before. They were requiring that every single leader of every single department consume the research that we were delivering. And so innovation, uh, marketing, product development, customer service, all of them were required to, to fully consume all the research that was online. Uh, so that has a, a, a big impact. And then it was also broad spectrum. Uh, it had to be uh, sometimes the study. They didn't even know what the studies would be about. It was supposed to be responsive. So they might call and say, hey, the next study, I want it to be focused on uh, the competition. And they might pick a specific competitor. Or I remember one part of the study that said, we're getting ready to come out with a body wash and, and shampoo. But we want to name this line. We don't know what to name it. We want the next research to tell us what we should name it. We want the customer to tell us what, what we should name it. And so we did a study. And lo and behold, we found out through doing some ethnographic work, uh, video work, where uh, people would carry their iPads around and show us their, their bathroom. We came up with the idea that everybody, when they go in the shower, their mind wanders. They're either letting their mind wander, washing away the day, or they're preparing for the day and they're letting their mind wander through what their day is going to be like. And lo and behold, the, the product actually became, the line became uh, Wanderer. And um, it, so they used it to influence every aspect of their business. Now, I'm not going to take credit for this. 
But I would say that maybe we were helped. We did work for them for four years. I'm going to say maybe we were helped as to why they were sold for a billion dollars to Unilever in just a few years after that. Yeah, that, that's part of the transformative success that we're talking about in terms of having a sort of culture of clarity. Um, it can it can mean a, a whole um, so, so many positives on the bottom line. Yeah. And, and using some of the insight work we did, uh, they launched 12 new uh, SKUs in a single year, which I've never heard of a company doing. Even a big company like Kellogg, launching yeah. 12 SKUs in one year is, is pretty remarkable. Well, that's just one example. Um, are there other any quick highlights of the book that we didn't maybe talk about that you want to mention before people go out and buy it? Well, we have, exa- we have examples. Um, uh, for each of the different areas, um, for you know, customer clarity, competition clarity, company or brand clarity, um, to give you, you know, so to highlight some firms um, in each of those. You know, I think we're talking about. I think it's important to note right from the outset that we are. Uh, you really feel like clarity is power, um, yeah. and consistency is a superpower, and so putting in, and that's why what builds into why we are really proponents of a culture, building a culture. And so I'd say the, the one thing that we haven't touched on much that is really throughout the book is about, about the people. Right. Um, you know, because building a culture first has to start with your people, who you hire, right? How are you going to build that tribe? Um, once you have that tribe, the, the people who are truly curious, how are you going to then activate them? And, and motivate them in order to be discoverers. And, and then thirdly, you know, how do you go about releasing them, really allowing them to, uh, to speak the truth about the brand in, um, in efforts um, relating to uh, outreach um, and promoting your products and services. So underlying all throughout the book, is how to build that culture through people. That's an important part that we hadn't touched on yet that I think it's it's woven throughout. So yeah. um, it's an underlying, you know, sort of pinning uh, of, of uh, some concepts that I think are very practical. Um, you know, there's there's some obviously conceptual stuff with what we're what we're relating in the book, but when it comes to like, well, how do I put a, a, a culture of clarity together? How do I? How yeah. do I my business and have a culture of clarity. Um, we have a we have a bit of a roadmap uh, through through uh, hiring, promoting, um, and then empowering your people. Right. We're not. Uh, we don't want to slide into being HR consultants, but the truth is, <laughs> it, uh, uh, building that culture of clarity and and somebody needs to write a book about this. How do you hire to make sure you're getting people with a high level of curiosity? Yeah. Uh, and we have some things that we mentioned, some ways, questions you should ask, but uh, I'm sure an HR professional could even take it further. But uh, if you're not hiring people that are curious, and, and by the way, we talk about this, curiosity is not something you do, it's something you are. Yes. So curiosity isn't, oh, I've got an assignment, so today I need to be curious. If you're not wondering, if you're not looking, watching movies and looking up people on IMDb, you're not really curious. If you're not picking up a book about, I don't know, General uh, Custer or archaeology, because you heard of something and you couldn't stand not knowing, then you're not really curious. And so how do you ask those kind of questions 
uh, that uh, that really ensure that you get people that are truly cult, uh, curious. And if you don't do what Dennis just said, activate them, empower and activate them. They're going to leave because curious people can't stand to be thwarted in their curiosity. Right. You got to let them. Let them let them loose. And, yeah. and it Hire cool. the right kind of people, empower them, and let them go. I would just I would just add that you know to to Jeff's point, you know we're not we're, we know how to stay on our own lane from that HR perspective. But both he and I have had experiences in our careers of leading researchers, um, and you know, and hiring them and promoting them and so on. So we're we're coming from that experience. Um, and relating uh, things about hiring um, and and providing opportunities for them to to flourish um, for the good of not only the company but those that we serve. Right. Well, it's it's so timely as you talk about culture, and as we have just gone through probably the biggest disruptor to corporate culture that we'll probably ever face and the change of how we work with each other and where we work and how we build those relationships and how we build trust with people. So it's very timely. So that, I love that you mentioned that, Dennis and, and Jeff. Thank you. Um, where can people find this book or reach out to you? How can they find you? Uh, well, it's pretty easy to find us. <laughs> um, it is, uh, so like by email, um, Dennis at clarity-us.com. That'll reach me. Um, <laughs> And Jeff, oddly enough, is Jeff at clarity-us.com. So we can easily get a hold of you, uh, be reached uh, by email. Um, you can easily reach us um, by phone. Uh, it's 513-448-4170. Um, the book is easily accessible. It is, um, it is in three different formats. We have it uh, an ebook. We have it... Um, in, in uh, paperback, and we also have yes, uh, there's a copy of it there that um, Jeff is showing. Yeah. Um, there's yes, it's it's a printed form, and we also have it on Audible. So it's on Amazon uh, for the ebook e and the printed versions, and then also on Audible for the audiobook. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for the time. Um, I love what you guys are doing. I think this is really beneficial and it comes really timely. And you can tell the chemistry that you guys have from working together and knowing each other for so long. And so thanks for joining us and uh, appreciate it. Thank you for having us, Brian. Thank so, you very much. Enjoy speaking with you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.